is Brad Milkey of ABC News Start Here podcast with your sports update. Down one star, the Golden State Warriors keep winning thanks to the rejuvenation of another. We'll explain coming up. Bodega, 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 alpha and omega. <clears throat> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. So wing about a serving platter. Hey, hey Jamie. Yes. Uh, did, uh, did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, that one? Yes. Yeah, no, I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. Lay, 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 detector test. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive today. The marmot mangled my mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Warrior star Clay Thompson is out for the 2021 season with a torn Achilles tendon, but in his absence, two-time MVP Steph Curry has stepped up in a big way. Curry sits near the top of the league in points scored and three-pointers made and set a new personal best with 62 points in a single game. This ABC Sports Update was brought to you by Progressive. Drivers who switch to Progressive can save an average of $668. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Population has been always a very, very political issue here in India, perhaps uh, drawing its roots from the entire sterilization scheme of the government during Indira Gandhi's emergency. Well, even now, it continues to be a political hot potato. But there are so many myths surrounding this, and I only realized it when I read former Chief Election Commissioner Dr. S.Y. Qureshi's book, which is an academic work, but is very, very readable because it puts out in different chapters the various kind of misconceptions that there are about population growth here in India and debunks them putting out facts. So Dr. Qureshi, thank you very much for speaking with Hindustan Times. And what I thought would be really fun to do on our show on the record today is basically look at the five population myths that surround us, which we've all heard. They are very, very often circulated on social media and on WhatsApp. So if you want to know the truth about population growth here in India, this is what you should be watching. So the first myth, Dr. Qureshi, that I want you to talk to us about is the one about the fact that polygamy is very, very is, is the reason behind population explosion in India. It's something that's associated with the Muslim community and that people feel is the reason why there has been a population explosion. Why do you say it's a myth? Number one, it is not confined to Muslims alone. Uh, status of women in India committee in 1975, the only study so far done, shows that all communities in India are polygamous. And interestingly, the least polygamous were the Muslims. And uh, to study it further, I looked at the uh, census uh, data from 1930 onwards, and I found in every census, Muslims were the least polygamous, uh, followed by the Hindu. Uh, Hindus were more. Uh, but in any case, in both the communities, polygamy was going down. Now, so myth number one that Muslims are uh, polygamous is uh, wrong. Uh, they are uh, less than any other community. Secondly, whether it leads to uh, population uh, growth, that also is a myth because polygamy has its own limit in India statistically. You must have heard of gender ratio, where uh, gender ratio is adverse against women, which is a sad story in itself. Unfortunately, uh, we should be embarrassed. 
that for 1,000 men, according to the latest uh, last census 2011, there were 940 women. Now, this has been uh, going on for the last 100 years, that number of women. There is not uh, no one woman for every one man. So statistically, uh, no man in India has a, uh, even full wife. He has 0.9 wife, statistically. So because <laughs> the, where is the second woman coming from for uh, polygamy? Now, you might say that, uh, okay, still some people may marry uh, a second woman. But that is very good for population growth because uh, st studies have shown in a statistic show that the only wife of a husband, if he produces five children from the second wife, it drops down to 1.2%. Now, the second wife, if there is polygamy, because correspondingly, there will be a guy who will remain a bachelor then. Right. So for population, polygamy actually is a good thing if it happens. And in any case, that is a very, very negligible percentage. And there the Muslims are the least. So the, there are several myths broken. in Which uh, community is the most polygamous, sir? Tribal communities, uh, which is about 16%. And the Hindus were 5.8, Muslims were 5.7 at the bottom. Wow. That is definitely an eye-opener. Okay, sir. The second thing that you theory that you deal with uh, is the one where we look at, well, this you dealt with as well, is the fact that, and you go about it by looking at other countries as well, and not just the Muslims here in India, uh, that Muslims don't believe in family planning. Yeah, you know, the Muslims don't believe in family planning. That was the belief uh, everybody had, the Hindus and Muslims. And before I started uh, this study 25 years ago, accidentally, even I believe that Islam is against family planning. But when I studied the subject, I found very interestingly that the uh, Quran nowhere prohibits family planning. In fact, there are only interpretations for or against. Now, I have analyzed those interpretations in one chapter, chapter five, and I have come to the conclusion that Islam is not only not against family planning, Islam is the, a pioneer of family planning, which is very surprising and remarkable because 1400 years ago, when there was no population pressure anywhere in the world, uh, Quran was talking of uh, the planned family. The, uh, for instance, there is one verse in the Quran which says, young men, you should marry when you can afford it, when you can bring up a family. So somebody went to the prophet, a uh, poor man went to the prophet uh, seeking explanation. He said, I'm a poor man, but I also have my sexual needs. What should I do? So a prophet repeated that words of the Quran and then uh, uh, amplified it. And he said, till you are in a position to marry, you should resort to fasting because fasting suppresses sexual desires. Now together, these two uh, words of the Quran and the hadith, according to me, is the recommendation for family planning. Then there is another hadith which I have cited that one person went to the prophet and said that I have four or five many children. I don't want any more. The only the family planning method those days was the withdrawal method, which was called azal, al-azal al uh, in Arabic. He said that I want to do practice azal, but the Jew said that that is a minor infanticide. The prophet's reply was, no, 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 the Jew lied, the Jew lied. Now, which means even the method is uh, prescribed uh, and allowed. Now, modern methods are only the substitute for us. That was the only method known. 
So together and many other verses, I've tried to explain that Islam is actually the pioneer of the concept of family planning. And uh, we have uh, made a mistake in, in interpreting it. So, and I checked it with many ulama because I didn't want to be on the wrong side of them. I didn't want to invite a fatwa against me. So, and uh, they, uh, they all agreed that uh, Islam is very pro-family planning. Only thing which Islam, every interpretation prohibits is sterilization. Yet, we will see that more than 20% uh, of uh, Muslims have uh, adopted even sterilization. They've gone wow. so much out of the way. Even violating the a un, uh, uniform or um, standard principle that uh, sterilization on the club, they've gone against it and they've gone for family planning. So, but for all the, the temporary methods, the specific methods are, in, uh, are encouraged and they are even mentioned in the Quran. For instance, breastfeeding is compulsory for, uh, for all mothers for two years. And as you know, breastfeeding is a, is a great uh, contraceptive during that conception is uh, prevented. And so that the children can be looked after uh, with this uh, adequate gap properly. So now these were some of the things which were not uh, widely known to even to me. And when I re- read it, then uh, I tried to reach out to my Muslim audiences, so, uh, requesting them, suggesting to them that uh, so, uh, family planning is good for them. Religion no, nowhere comes in the way. In fact, uh, uh, it had a very modern approach to the family planning and we should all adopt it. Whatever may be the counter-propaganda, whatever may be the right-wing appeal to the Hindus to procreate more children so that the Muslims don't outnumber them, uh, for, let us uh, ignore and forget about that. But we should adopt family planning proactively. So let me just recap because I think these are all very complex. I mean, you make it sound very simple, but these are things which have gone down differently in popular perception. So let me just recap. First of all, what you're saying is that polygamy cannot by itself as a concept cannot cause a population explosion. So that's first myth that you have debunked. Second, that Muslims are least polygamous. Tribals are the most polygamous out of communities. Muslims are the least. And even Hindus, just 0.0% is more than Muslims when it comes to polygamy. So two important clarifications over there. And the next one, which is the third one, that Muslims do believe and Islam isn't against family planning. In fact, there are various kind of interpretations of it which have been propagated. But actually, the faith isn't against family planning at all. Now, sir, I want you to talk about the fourth myth. That Before that, is, yes. No, sorry, sorry, Sunita. If I make uh, yes. add one point on polygamy, the, what what we have discussed so far. Interestingly, what does Quran say about polygamy? There is only one verse in the Quran uh, which doesn't encourage family uh, polygamy. It only permits because that was the time when uh, we know multiple marriages, you know, 20, 30, 100 marriages uh, was uh, quite common. Now that is the time uh, in one verse uh, of the Quran in one chapter which is on orphans, by the way. Now, Quran is talking, Allah is talking of uh, the orphans and says that treat the orphans very fairly, treat them honestly, don't misappropriate their property uh, and do not exchange their good thing for, with your bad thing. And in fact, ideally, you should marry from among them two, three or four uh, as you may, may like. However, if you, uh, you have to treat them absolutely equally, 
which despite your ardent desire is not easy. Uh, therefore, you are advised to marry only one. Now, wow. this is the only verse in the Quran which talks of family planning. And you can see that this is... A, now, if, uh, even Muslim interpreters uh, do say that this is a permission, which is a conditional permission. Condition to treat equally. I have said in my book that there is not just one condition. There are actually two conditions. The second condition is that, you know, remember the context, the words. The Quran is uh, talking of orphans. And it says that from among them, from among the orphans, marry two, three or four. Now, when I want to marry a second time, I uh, look at, you know, the issueless divorcee, uh, issueless uh, widow. Now, no, now who will marry the widows or divorcees who have children because they need economic support? Now, the, the, actually, to me, there are two conditions. You can marry from among the orphans or a widow. And uh, secondly, you have to treat her equally and not as a sex object and uh, as a concubine. Okay, sir. Thank you for that clarification. I want to come to the next one now, which is that going by, it, it is kind of like a culmination of all of this as well, is that the birth rate of Muslims, the fertility rate of the Muslims is highest. And you make the clarification in your book that yes, that may be so. However, it's also declining faster than the Hindus' birth rate over the last three decades. Tell us more about that. Yes. You know, the allegations uh, from the right wing have been that Muslims are multiplying very fast and as an organized conspiracy to overtake uh, the Hindus uh, to capture political power. And it is a very unpatriotic act to, to produce many children and uh, blah, blah. Now, uh, of course, I, I have. I start my book with two uh, two admissions. Uh, they, they also say that the uh, this high birth rate of the Muslims is disturbing the uh, demographic uh, balance. And now, number one, I admit that Muslim birth rate is the highest. Secondly, the demography has changed a little in the last seventy years. Eighty-four percent Hindus have come down to seventy point nine and seventy seventy-nine point nine or eight. Right, 4.2% Hindus have come down in 70 years. Muslims they correspondingly have gone up from 9.8 to 14.2. So admitted, these two facts admitted. But uh, the uh, Muslims are catching up very fast, faster than the Hindus. All the figures of the last 40, 50 years show that their uh, acceptance of family planning and as I mentioned, even sterilization is much faster. And they're going to... the not to overtake the Hindus in uh, birth rate. They are perhaps going to overtake them in family planning, uh, acceptance of family planning. So the, those are the figures which come out. After 60 years, 4.24 percentage point increase in the Muslim population. And uh, projections are that to, uh, by in the next 90 years, 80 years, 2100 uh, uh, from 14 point, uh, for 14 percent Muslims will become, they will become 18%. That's all. So there is no question of Muslims overtaking Hindus and capturing political power anytime soon. But, you know, also interestingly, I requested my friend, Professor Dinesh Singh, a great mathematician who was vice chancellor of Delhi University. I sent him my data. I said, the, the, Dinesh, please help me uh, do a mathematical analysis. I may be the, uh, the uh, mathematically illiterate, but please do this analysis. Well, how soon will the Muslims overtake uh, the Hindus? And he has done that analysis, which is a part of the book, and he said they can never 
I had I was saying that maybe they can overtake in uh, 600 years. He said no question, not even in 600 years. So I think people uh, who are spreading these rumors can rest assured the Muslims are nowhere near capturing power at all. So, so, so sir, that slogan "Hindu khatre mein hai" is basically what you're saying: completely fake news. Absolutely fake news. And in fact, I have asked this question. Whether the, these guys uh, are ignorant, they did not know these, or the other reason could be just a mischievous propaganda deliberately to uh, create polarization between the community. Now, my belief is that uh, the, the people who, who we are talking about are highly educated people. They are very research-oriented people. To imagine that they do not know the facts uh, uh, is beyond me, in which case the second option will operate that they are doing it mischievously. They know the fact, but yet talking about it. For instance, I have heard it from the most senior politicians. We hear every day. I would like to challenge them. Show me one Muslim with four wives and 25 children. One Muslim in 130 crore population. Wow. Wow. So, no, sir, that really makes it clear. Final question to you, sir, because, you know, this also you go into, and I think you analyze policy and what's been the problem with it. There is talk of there being some kind of new initiative, policy initiative on the government to look at our population. Uh, what would you, as someone who's now done work on this, advise government to do when it comes to uh, tackling population? I think our population policy uh, has been very good, very effective. And uh, unlike many countries, we have uh, done a good job in controlling our population. And uh, the high population, which used to give us nightmares about 40 years ago, uh, was soon converted into demographic uh, dividend, which we are benefiting from. And imagine the way that India is ruling the world, you know, in America, all the scientists, all the doctors, everyone is an Indian. That is only when 1% of our population has got that kind of education. Imagine if a, a fraction of the remaining 99% also became so able to capture uh, the, the world service sector, where will we be? We have become an economic superpower thanks to our uh, uh, human resource. And uh, instead of a liability, we, uh, we have started considering them as human resource. And uh, if we invest more in their education, that has been missing. Education, particularly of girls, just see where we'll go. Uh, we will capture the service sector of the world. Dr. Esvakurishi, thank you so much for speaking with us. It's such a pleasure. And thank you for busting those myths. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.